Hi, baby. We are live from Playa del Carmen, Mexico. Grab your drinks, boys. Hey. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. boys. We got vacation mode. Mason mode. Mason, baby. So what are we here to do, boys? Record a podcast. Record a podcast. Have the time of our lives. Have the time of our lives. Fucking live. Yeah. So Mosin... So Jonathan and I have been in Mexico for a week and a half. We started in Cancun. We're now in Playa del Carmen. 14 days. Mosin just flew in today. We just picked him up. Just picked him up from downtown Playa del Carmen. We're back at our Airbnb. We got cigars. We got drinks. And uh, we're ready to have a good time. Welcome to be here, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Well, thank you guys for having me. And thank you guys for fucking being here. Totally. Just fly in and fucking just have a great time. Yeah, yeah. Am I allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, good. I can be myself. Whatever you want. Cheers to that. Cheers. I think some of my favorite traveling experiences Mm -hmm. have included you. No. And so I am so grateful that you decided, in the middle of a global pandemic, whatever that means, to come out here and be here with us. Dude, it felt natural. Yeah. It feels natural. Yeah. Feel like I'm home. You you quit your job, right? Yesterday was my last day. This is not the first time that Moses has ever quit his job, sure. and that is one of the things that I respect most about you is that when you realize and Gabriel's like sometimes a broken record about diminishing returns, which I appreciate the emphasis on. Like when you get to a point of like, all right, I've gotten what I'm gonna get out of this, and I've squeezed all the juice out of it. Now it's time to leave. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, because you used to be an accountant. Dude, and I'll tell you why, like, the whole mentality behind it, right? Like, it's from experience. It's like, you try hard at this thing, or you do this thing, and you, like, you, you do it until it serves its purpose. Yeah. And then it doesn't. And it's okay to fucking move on with your life and start the next chapter of life. You don't have to read, your, your, whole, your whole life doesn't have to be the same chapter. No. You know what I mean? And it's okay to just be like, yeah. The next chapter is actually going to be even better than this. Yeah. And so you have to be willing to say goodbye. This was a great time. Thank you. And now I'm ready for more. Yeah. And you started. So you started out as a numbers guy in accounting, right? <laughs> Working still numbers guy. Sixty to eighty hours a week, grinding away, slaving away. Crazy ass numbers, man. Like. 14, 12, 14 hour days, man. Especially busy season like this time coming up right now, in the accounting world. This is when it starts fucking getting worse and worse. And uh, man, I already did three years of that, so I'm good, man. I, I put in my time, and you know what? What I've realized is there's ways to make money and live way better without having to work so much. Mm, yeah. And once you set your mind on that, like yeah. how can I make more money without actually having to put more hours in? Yeah. Your mind naturally creates that kind of reality. Yeah, so my like, job and career being my whole life. Yeah. Yes, yes, and it's like some people are so goddamn proud of working all the fucking time. Sure, it's like, well, hey, if you're having you. fun, that's absolutely you're amazing. Yeah. I, I've been in that where I've, where I've loved working on weekends, where I've loved working on e- in evenings, you know? No one asked me to, but there's also the opposite of that. And where I've like, I fucking hated it. And it just like, I didn't want to do it at all. But like, I don't know where I was going with this. Yeah, it, I mean, it reminds me, so I'm, as we've been on this trip, I started reading a book by H.G. Wells, which is a, basically a brief history of all of humanity of Earth. And basically, as you look at it, like people that are in power, they want the general population to be having their time preoccupied with work. Sure. That has been pretty much the story throughout the entire history 
from like the agricultural revolution. As little time to think yes. for yourself as possible because yeah. you're too busy. Well, being you know busy. what? That serves their reality. That serves their first yeah. purpose. And you know what? I can't hate on them. Yeah. I can't hate on them for that. You know what I mean? But it's like you realize like you also have that same power. You also have that same like power to create that own kind of reality for yourself. Like you don't have to just fall into that. Yeah. And like when you realize you have the power to choose, it's amazing. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you something. When was the moment where you said, okay, I'm not an accountant anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I've had enough. Dude, it took way too long. That's, that's a real answer. If you ask me like, what's my greatest achievement and what's my greatest like failure? One of my greatest achievements was sticking through to getting the CPA and knowing that I didn't like it the whole time. Wow. And like, I wouldn't say don't be a CPA or like don't like accounting, like none of that. Like go do accounting, whatever, go do whatever you want. Yeah. But also like do, just do something that you actually enjoy doing. And don't set your life as thinking, oh, that five out of 10 life I have, that's normal. Dude, that's normal for you as long as you say you will settle for that. Yeah, exactly. You can have that 10 out of 10 life. I have experienced it. I'm experiencing it now. We're experiencing it now. And so just make the decision and make the decision that your life is going to be more than just this mediocre fucking bullshit that where you just yeah. Uh, I mean, go we're along with it. Yeah. Right? And speaking of that, we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Just Whatever. a just your second to second reminder to stay at home with your mask. <laughs> and <laughs> And, but during this year, we're probably. So, general, like 2020, the majority of the population, it's probably been the least traveled for most people since travel has become a very common thing. And yet, if I'm not mistaken, this is the year that you've probably traveled more than you've ever traveled in your entire life. Yo, dude, actually it has, man. What is this, like six trips this year? Yeah. Jesus. I think something like that. Good for you, man. Yeah, dude. So, let, if I understand correctly, you went to Disney World? <laughs> Yo, let me, let me start off. Yeah, break it yeah. down. Yeah, so actually, yes. Yeah. Pre-COVID? Okay. Pre-COVID. <laughs> Pre-COVID, uh, January went to Orlando and uh, hit up Disney World. That was nice. on the bucket list. Hit up Universal. Universal Studios way better. That you, I, Universal I like over Disney? Just Disney has like the name. Hundo, yeah, yeah, you, you gotta do both. There's lots of like, nostalgia. The bucket list, but like Universal, better for an adult overall. Like way better rides, you know, like fully immersive. So that was the first one. Um, and then very, very soon after, went to uh, uh, Texas for uh, Christina's birthday. And uh, yeah, we spent a week literally driving around. Well, it was all me driving around. 2,000 fucking miles. Put that in perspective. Wow. I, I shit you not. You drove 2,000 miles? Miles. Did you See, drive all the way down from... We landed in Dallas. Okay. Dallas is like North Texas-ish. Yeah. And then went to west to uh, Guadalupe Peak, which was Guadalupe Mountains, which is like the mountains and stuff. Climbed the mountain there. Went south. Went east to San Antonio, Austin then Houston, and then back to Dallas. Oh. All over a week, man, it was crazy. Damn, guys trying to pack it in. <laughs> Dude, got everything in. I would never do it again. I, <laughs> I crossed that off the list and I'd never have to do that again. I would never drive that much again, but yeah. it was good to get it in and just be like, now I know what all of Texas looks like, basically. Yeah. So. And, another, and another road trip you went on, you went with our mutual friend, Mark Nguyen, and a group of friends to- That was the year before. Utah. Yeah. 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 Also, one of the year, last year, 2019, yeah, right? 2019, that was the was first- that 2019? First road trip I've ever been on. That seems like so long ago, but it was last year. <laughs> was it? Yeah, 
2018. 2018. 2018. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Yeah, 2018. That yeah. was that was actually amazing too, man. Yeah. 46 hour drive from Toronto to wow. Utah. Yeah. Just rotating drivers. Yeah. Having a great time. Three cars, four people each in each car, and just had a beautiful time. Did you yeah. want to talk about Lucy and the Sky of Diamonds in regards to that trip? Or no? What are you talking about? Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds. Oh, are you <laughs> yeah, talking yeah. about LSD? Yeah. 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 Yes. The yes, skill is You're the one looking for the yeah. job, not us. Yeah. No. Acid, first of all. So, set, set acid the scene. When you're outdoors. Set, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. so set, set the scene for LSD in Utah Mountains. Okay. So, prior to the acid, yeah. we had just finished the greatest hike in one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen Zion National Park in Utah. We get up there, 8 a.m., sorry, sick, wake up at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., and eat and everything, Get take a van all the way up, all 12 of us. I don't even know everybody else, I just know Mark, and uh, we, but they're, everybody else is cool. We take a van circling around up a mountain and spend a day and like basically two full days hiking down the mountain, so we had to camp one day in there, and as oh, we're walking cool. through this hike, it's called this, uh, the Narrows. Yeah. One of the greatest hikes, if you Google it, the greatest hikes ever. Yeah fucking great and like 90% of it is like you're literally treading through water so cool. and sometimes it's up to your ankles sometimes it's up to your fucking chest wow. you know what I mean so it's really cool Bang over your head yeah that's cool. so we had just finished that and the next day we were basically relaxing we were like oh man we gotta chill right and so the next day we get up at <laughs> 7 a.m. Um, and we go to this place called Bryce Canyons and like most of us go some of us are like tired and shit whatever but like I go Mark goes a few other of us go and at 7 a.m., I never popped, uh, popped acid, or like, yeah, popped acid. <laughs> at popped that acid. point in your life. Yeah. yeah, popped acid that early in the morning at 7 a.m., and we start this hike, and it's the same kind of thing. Like, you start at the bottom, and you get to the top, and by the time we got to the top, we were peaking. That is beautiful. And you could see for miles and miles wow. when you got to the top. It was called, like, Sunset Point or Sunrise wow. Point, something like that. And it's actually one of the most beautiful places, too. Bryce Canyons, Utah, you know, go to it. True. That's sweet. That reminds that, of yeah, Mark, Rocky Mountains. Yeah, that reminds <laughs> me. So one of the so Jonathan and I knew we were gonna travel um, well before the pandemic set yeah. in. But alas at least a year before. At least a year before. So alas the, the pandemic set in and therefore we couldn't travel abroad. So what we decided to do was to go travel to Western Canada. And we did a road trip all across from Toronto all the way out to as far as Vancouver Islands and back. Prior to that, though, we went to Banff and we went to the Rocky Mountains at Lake Louise. And it was Mosin, Jonathan, and I. Yeah, Mosin flew out in Madison, Calgary. Madison, Calgary. So crazy. And then we get to this nat uh, national park, basically, at 8 a.m. And again, we're popping acid. No 7 a.m., but we had to settle for 7 yeah. a.m. It, it was early. Guy it was, was early. Eggs early. in the park. No, 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 no. Not just cooking eggs. Not just onions. cooking eggs. Hold on. Onions. <laughs> I, I cut onions with a blunt knife. Dude, put it in a pan. Is that knife for three years? <laughs> figured no, out you're acting like for one day. We used that for three years. Yeah, man. I figured out how to use that butane stove that you yes. guys bought. That was yes. actually lit. I yes. love it. Yeah, put it all in a fucking wok. Just like you did. Play that stir fry song from Migos right now. That's what I was doing. 7 a.m., a little bit of acid, a little bit of eggs and onions. We had some alcohol. Start the morning and, hello, Lake Louise. We had some drinks before wow. we started. Yes, and then, 
we did a, tw- a 12 hour day Basically. and we walked to some places where you could easily fall and die Absolutely. And, we, and we don't recommend trying this at home um, but we walked all the way to the top of the mountains and we were sitting at the top of the mountains all peaking on lysergic acid diphthalamide and we're just at, sitting there and looking at the mountains and this kind of brings up a conversation around a, a particular book that yeah. we had all listened to this oh, year yeah. called Busting Loose of the Money Game. Can, now, I, can I start this off? Go. Because you, you two at some point on the ascent met this guy yeah, yeah. and like had a conversation with him before I had noticed that the he was- guy? Dude, yo, so part of this book is about like how life is, is a hologram. And we can get into, <laughs> we can get into more details around context, but it was funny for me because Ian and I were listening to this audiobook about busting loose of the money game and being in the hologram and basically just uh, before he goes into that it's just saying that it's basically from a, an element that we are infinite consciousness and that life as we know it is purposefully restricting ourselves to having the human game so the Ian game the, the Mosin game the Jonathan game whoever you are and that everything has actually been created by you by you but without you knowing convincing it. Convincing yourself that it's not. Convincing yourself that, that it's real. That you're not. So Mosin and I were kind of discussing this idea and we were talking to this fellow hiker along the way. And then as the three of us were back in a group later on, we met that hiker again. And then and the guy is like, oh, it's the hologram boys. The hologram. And he said it, he pronounced it hologram. hologram. No, the hologram. Which is how the guy enunciated <laughs> yeah. it on, boys. Uh, on yeah. the audiobook. And I'm, I'm walking on, like I was, I hadn't eaten anything yet. I saved the eggs for later. I had a beer, it was a tall boy, so I was feeling a little bit tipsy. The acid was actually flowing at that point. And all of a sudden I hear this guy saying, hey, it's the hologram boys. And I look over at them and I'm like, what the fuck? He thought he popped it into his hologram, <laughs> which he going, didn't not. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? How did this guy know? Yeah. And, uh, and then all of a sudden we got this guy talking about the hologram reinforcing yeah. this idea for us. I can't believe he did that. I know. I can't believe he used that word. I can't believe Not only did he use it, but he mispronounced it. <laughs> like the like the audiobook. Who knows? So, yeah, true. <laughs> so, I mean, we do know. Tell the backstory about how the busting loose got into our lives. And then, and then can you describe some of the takeaways you've gotten from the busting loose book? Yeah, so yes. it was... Uh, Jonathan and I went to like a rave. I think it was November 20, 2019. So around a year ago. Harrison Singer invited us. Yeah, and then I, I met a girl at the at the bar, but she was at the rave, and she and she was from Toronto, but she was moving to Ottawa literally the next day. And I got her information, and you know, it was, nothing really happened of it. Then it was I think it was June. Yeah, now right. June twenty twenty. And Jonathan was going to meet uh, a girl he was seeing because Jonathan and I were roommates and he asked me uh, if I wanted to go. So I was like, I thought I'd use that opportunity. Do you know anyone? So, and then I, yeah, so I started, uh, I I talked to this girl and she said I could stay for the weekend and we went there and we actually did acid as well. (laughs) And walked around, around, walked around Ottawa and then she recommended this book, Busting Loose in the Money Game. Busting Loose in the Money Game is really just a clickbait to get you in yeah, it's very cool. to, yeah. to listen to it because we know that money is something that everyone is chasing. chasing. And the reason everyone's chasing it is because everyone, everyone else is chasing it, it, but we don't, you don't really need it. 
Um, anyway, she recommended uh, she recommended that book, and then we listened to the audiobook as we drove across Canada. Listening to The Alchemist. Yeah. That was a great that. combination, man. Yeah, Beautiful combination. Thank you, Kelsey. I appreciate yeah. it. So, listen to the busting loose of the money game process, and we're ex was explaining it to Mosin as we met him in Calgary in the next couple of days. The hologram dude pops in and starts talking about it, and then you, after the trip, went home and you downloaded it. Dude, I read it twice after that. Twice. Right? It was good, eh? <laughs> it just makes you realize, like, reality, the way you see it, is bendable. Yeah. And your perspective on life is changeable. It's not this fixed thing. No. And, I'll, and I'll give you a direct example, my direct example of, like, for example, my perception of reality and my perception of what success is and how I could get success was way back in the day in my accounting days. I could only be successful in my life at that time, I thought. If I could get this accounting degree, if I could become a CPA, if I could work my yeah. way up and become a CFO, and only then could I be happy and yeah. successful. And I could not stop until then. Wow. And as I went through the CPA process and realized, man, like what I'm doing, yes, it's I'm going along this path and this perfectly built ladder that's ahead of me, but it's like I'm not happy in this process. And actually, I'm not making that money, but I'm working so goddamn much. So it's like, there must be something wrong here. There must be. And what, what really drives you wrong in life is looking around you and seeing everybody else doing it and then thinking, oh, this is normal. Because Nobody, you made it normal. Yeah. You said it was okay. Confirmation yeah. bias following the herd. Exactly. You didn't actually realize how much more there is to life. Yeah. And so that's, that's why I implore myself and everybody else Buddy, go see what else life has to offer. And challenge all your fears, doubts, beliefs, systems, insecurities, yeah, all insecurities. paradigms. Everything. Write them down and, 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 and actually Explore go through them. the practice Expose of Expose them in the light of day. Not just like in thought, but in experience, in real life. Like actually challenge yourself to go think like, well, this thing that I thought, oh, I thought I could only be successful this way. Well, I soon found out like after, for example, working at Fix, mm. like I could make more money here with working less and I could actually have a great have time a doing balance. it. I had never experienced a job like that at the time before. So it just goes to show me like, man, like I can have what I want in life. I just have to choose what I want. And you better choose something really good because like, why not? Because you can have it. Why not? And what do you want? What do I actually want? What do you want? What is there more to life than this? This right now, freedom, money coming in, don't have to worry, no anxieties. No stress. Vacation mode. Relax. Vacation, <laughs> mode. vacation mode. Yeah. The homies. Yeah, the homies. All of that, man. The and you really can have yeah. it. Once you look, start like defining for yourself, like what is the best I can have? Okay, now I can learn how to make it happen. Yeah. Like, don't go for like, oh, what's just okay, or like, what's normal, or like, what do my parents know? They know what they know, and that's great, and that's good for them, and they want to support you, and they love you, and all that. But like, you can decide what's actually better. Mm -hmm. And you have the capabilities to actually bring it to life. Yeah, follow your bliss, chase a worthy ideal. What we're doing right now, Jonathan and I, I think it was like June, uh, July 2019, we had talked about traveling the world prior, but it wasn't like a fixed plan, it was just like an ethereal idea. And then at that point, we had made the fuck it commitment that we were going to go travel the world. And then now we're doing it. <laughs> so we're literally doing the thing. We're living the life we've always wanted. We've always wanted to live and we're doing it right now and this will continue to evolve. I think I think in general, along the lines of 
what you're talking about in terms of people doing what everyone else is doing and thinking they have to live a certain way. I think one of the paralyzing paradigms that we live on that limits us from not getting out of that is thinking that we have to have this perfect plan for everything that's gonna happen. And I need to know, like people always talk like five years, 10 years, 25 years. And realistically, the average person does not have enough information to base what they're gonna be doing in 25 years. Not only what they're gonna be doing, but what they would actually wanna be doing. There's just too many variables. I mean, think about January 2020, thinking about what you're gonna be doing in <laughs> November 2020. You just don't have all the variables that are gonna come up, like COVID, a pandemic. Lots of things are you, gonna come up. You know, when you act with so much intention, yeah. you miss everything. That's the problem, it's like, it's great to act with intention, and if you're having fun with it, and if you're getting what you want out of life, wonderful. But if you're acting with intention, and you're actually not getting what you want out of life, it's like, what the fuck are you working for? Yeah. What, what are you really striving for? Yeah. You know what one I mean? Of, yeah, like one of the things I've had a conversation with uh, someone lately, and they're asking me what, what my purpose is to life. And right now, we're just traveling and having all these experiences. And I think what the question of that is, to use it like a, a metaphor, would be what type of pie are you, are you cooking right now? And I think the majority of people are cooking some pie that the ingredients and the recipe of the pie they're creating just thrust on them by circumstance, and they just happen to be cooking some pie just that happens to be in front of them. So my purpose right now, what pie do I wanna cook? I don't know. But what I'm doing and what we're doing right now is we're traveling around gathering different ingredients so that instead of cooking a pie that has been thrust on me by circumstance, I can go around and figure out all the different ingredients. And from there, figure out what type of pie that I wanna, I wanna bake. Right, and you get to have some of the pie along the way. Yes, it's, it's not like you don't, you-, you The you pie right pie now, off. the pie that I'm cooking right now is the gathering of ingredients. Yeah, you get to have a pie that you like, and you get to see other pies, and then you have, you get to have the better pie. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, the whole, the whole like, uh, you don't have to put the, you know, you, the, the pie doesn't have to wait till the end of your life. Sure. And don't put the pie in front of the horse. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned being intentional, and I, in many ways, try to be intentional in my life, but we've been listening to and spending a lot of time reading Alan Watts, yeah. and yep. all the major philosophies. The Art of Zen? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just, I, I we almost finished the audio. We all have read it. <laughs> One of the big takeaways for me is uh, basically the philosophy of Zen is if you're hungry, eat. If you're tired, sleep. And so, you know, when you sit, you sit. When you're sitting, you're sitting. You need to lie down, you lie down. So when you walk, a, you walk. You don't need to think about it. Instead of forcing the intention, it's like allowing spontaneity to do its thing. Stop trying. It's and like just the whole, let, it, uh, let it happen. Yeah. It's like the whole, uh, he was saying in the book, um, deciding to decide. Yes. Yes. You have to decide to decide. We talk, yeah, we talked about this decide. recently. So, uh, the best way to kind of describe what you're getting at is. Everyone's read a book at some point, and you get to the bottom of the page, and you're like, what the fuck? I don't remember anything I just read. <laughs> and, you have to, and you're thinking about something else. So that you're like, okay, now I gotta concentrate and read the page again. And then now you go back to the top of the page, you get to the bottom and you didn't read it again. Because you weren't reading the page. You were thinking about reading the page, instead of reading the page. Mm -hmm. So that is, and that is where he, he really equates overthinking 
to a reverb on a microphone yeah. where Ooh, you're speaking so into good. the microphone and then it goes out of the speaker and then back into the microphone out into the speaker and then it, yeah. um, <laughs> and that and that and that by the way is the the physical auditory manifestation of overthinking yeah. which is this Creating like, anxiety overwhelming anxious thought where it just it just ripples and ripples and, and turns into this tidal wave when really it was only a, a ripple of thought. Eckhart Tolle talks about this idea as like there being three different types of time. There's now, there's clock time, meaning like practically I'm gonna plan the fact that motion's coming. So we want an Airbnb that has three beds instead of two beds, and that's like a practical use of of thinking about the future. Mm -hmm. And then there's the psychological time, which is the overthinking and the dwelling on and the replaying past experiences and that it's creating suffering and friction. Yeah. And so instead of spending the psychological time of like overthinking your life, yeah. A little bit of clock time's okay of planning. Yeah. But most of it is doing it. Like right now. Every everything in history has led to this Every single thing in history yo. has led to this moment, right? Everything, yo, everything, yo, oh, right now. Oh, oh which, 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 are, which reminds me, um, one of the things that you said to me uh, in the summer, Gabriel organized, and this is something that I really admired with you on like stepping into a leadership yeah. and like what that looked like for Gabriel. And it was basically to me, from from an outside perspective, it looked like I'm gonna organize the things that I would want to do. Yeah. And then invite the people that I would want to do it with and then have that experience. It seems so simple. Yeah, it seems pretty simple. So I saw him initiate a lot of like get-togethers and hangouts. And one of the hangouts we had, we were in the backyard still at 2179 Dundas Street West, hey. headquarters of the podcast where we started this journey. And uh, you said something to me where like, I've been reading the Busting Loose book. And then you said you were doing some course on make on money and, and money mindset like right after oh, yeah, you yeah, told yeah, me the yeah, story yeah. of like the guy who was a millionaire do you yeah. remember that story a little bit keep going yeah you were you were basically and it reminded me because i was listening to the power of now yeah. and he talks about prosperity and he said prosperity exists in the present moment because prosperity is only based on being grateful for what you already have versus a desire for something else because if right now in your life you feel like in some way you have a lack. I, you know, lack of anything, money, resources, relationships. You will always experience lack, no matter how much money you make or attract into your life, you will always experience lack. You yeah. always look outside and say, okay, well that guy has more money than me. Yeah. So prosperity actually exists in being grateful for what you already have. And that story you told me about those guys, those and two I'll tell guys. You, I'll tell you yeah. what the story is. So to put it in perspective, so, so what you're getting to is like the end point. And I'll tell you the story that, that kind of leads to, to that as the conclusion. The story was, there was this rich guy in, in Japan, his name's Ken Honda, and uh, he asks, he goes around talking to these millionaires, does interviews, he talks to one millionaire, and he's like, do you feel wealthy? Do you feel wealthy? And he's a millionaire. He's like, the millionaire says, no, I don't feel wealthy. Uh, Ken Honda's guy's like, yo, why? Why don't you feel healthy or, or wealthy? You're, you're a million millionaire. He's like, my private, or sorry, no, he says, I, owe, I don't have a private jet. I've got millions, but I don't have a private jet. Yeah, yeah. That's how a millionaire feels. And so then he goes on and interviews another millionaire years later who he asked him the same question. He's like, hey, do you feel wealthy? He's like, also, no. And they're like, why? 
Why? Because my private jet only has six seats. Like what the fuck? <laughs> how many? How much? How much do you need to feel wealthy? Yeah. If a millionaire doesn't feel wealthy, it's like what is it, right? It's like when do you get to that point where you feel wealthy? Yeah, that's right? it. You're not gonna get to it later. You need it now. It's Wealth is now. The gratitude for what you already yeah. have. Like with, with the Eckhart told there, he talks about. He says problems don't exist, and people get upset when they <laughs> when they when they hear that, and. When you really recognize that you don't have a problem, it's well, people. No, I gotta, I gotta go to work tomorrow. And it's like, yeah, that's tomorrow. <laughs> and they're like, well, I gotta go. No, not in five minutes. What if you really get present right now? What do you have to worry about? Exactly. And there's a practical aspect of it. So yeah. what's the practical aspect of learning right now? Is there a practical aspect? Yes. Then take care of it. Yeah. Like yeah. for example, planning out. Sure. Yeah, or and, and I talked to so, not, I, yeah. So I was listening to I might have mentioned this before, but um, with with Jordan Peterson, and he, he talked about the utility of memory, and the utility of memory is something's happened in the past, thereby you learn from a mistake you've made from a painful experience, and then now you can make a better decision in a similar type situation. That's where the utility is. Now, in the same way, uh, something that has utility can be used good and it can be used for bad. The same hammer that builds the orphanage <laughs> is the same hammer that murders the orphans. So, what, orphans. Where, <laughs> well, for multiple reasons. But, <laughs> you know, you aren't lovable. <laughs> Before you even knew who you, I, side tangent, digression, it's always, you always hear about someone who might have been an orphan. And I know a girl in particular that was an orphan and she never felt bad about being an orphan because she was told all along it wasn't a big deal. And, a cool person. and nor should it be because singers, it's like, let, let me guess, the, yeah, exactly. So why would it be a problem? You were a little, you were a little amoeba, like, yeah. <laughs> And it's like, they didn't love me. You weren't even you. Um, anyway, the point is, there's utility in the past and in memory to learn from a negative experience to make a more positive experience now. And then that is the building of the orphanage. And then the, the killing of the orphans with the hammer would be, <laughs> would be, instead of using it, a negative experience in the past for now, the, the way you use memory, or sorry, where uh, it breaks down, is that you relive that past experience, that that past painful experience over and over again, like this masochistic, constant pressing. That's the psychological time. And that's the psychological time. And the reason why that is, is if your identity, who you are, is suffering bad things that have happened, then you want to make sure that you, you want to live. Your identity needs to live. So to live is to relive that negative experience over and over and over again. And it's making the ego more and more real, exactly. right? And for the context that wow. for ego with Eckhart Tolle, false. the ego by his definition is the false self. Who you think you are that you are not. You're right. The ego's gotta find You're, a way to live. Yeah. And so the ego's the one creating these problems for you. It's like this psychological time. And you start living in this past of who you think you are your identity is and that's why it's so hard for some people to change their jobs yeah you know what I mean? like who the fuck are i you? am an accountant <laughs> yeah i am an accountant if i'm not an accountant what the fuck am i and i had to go through that anyway. i do spreadsheets <laughs> i copy and paste from yeah. one page to another so the breakthrough is that your ego your false self in this example i am an accountant the breakthrough is realizing i am not an accountant 
I am aware of the experience of being an accountant. So your ego, your false self, your stories, who you tell yourself you are, your past experiences, you are not those experiences, you are not those thoughts, you are not those beliefs, you are not that person. You are the awareness, you are the consciousness of those experiences, the observer. The observer. Have you guys seen uh, Joe Dispenza's Rewired? I've listened to his whole audiobook. Or any of Joe's I know that's made a big difference for a lot of people in my life, but I know Ian, when he was, li- when he was listening Break to the audiobook, it made yourself. a huge difference for him. I, I like Joe Dispenza a lot. He's because amazing. He basically wraps up all the stuff that we're talking about, and instead of putting it in a woo-woo, like spiritual. Yeah, he puts it in a, this is science. Yeah, this science. is science, bitch. Like, <laughs> I can prove to you that this is all science. And that's why I love Joe Dispenza. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're living in the past, and it actually we can measure energy levels and things oh. within your body. Yeah within your brain and we can we can also measure what goes on yeah. when you meditate and yeah. how you can align your energy levels how you can have greater energy levels how you can have heart coherence and brain coherence and move into your future you or your present now whatever it is yeah. you want his whole thing is so he has an audio book that's really popular or a book that has an audio version called break the habit of being yourself and basically the premise is that your personality, who you think you are, your personality, which by the way is personal reality, is habituated conditional responses to stimulus Stimulus, over time. So when this happens, I do this. And then you repeat that and it becomes this recurring thing. And then because it's happened over and over again, we make the mistake of thinking, I am that response. I That is who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that that isn't who you are, it's just how you've been aware of that repeating pattern. Once you become aware of that, you can consciously make the decision to break the habit. So, you know, if you, you, you can do this by little things. You always go right when this happens, sure. you go left. I'll give you a tangible example. Yeah. In the morning, rather than me grabbing my phone, and this is a conversation we've had in the podcast before about like aligning with waking up earlier and things of that nature. Rather than waking up and checking my phone immediately, it's wake up and grab the art Yeah. And reading the book. And, and if you don't break free of that reality, what does that leave you, right? The same. This leaves you that extremely <laughs> limited reality. Extremely limited <laughs> version of what you think life is. You don't have to, and by the way, the point of all this, you don't have to change. Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. And once and you realize. <laughs> once you realize you don't have to do anything, you can do anything. <laughs> that was a huge yeah, breakthrough. That's, that's amazing. Like, that's amazing. I, I don't even know. I might have been on mushrooms or something. <laughs> and I was oh, writing it down. And the reason why this was, it went back to old Kelsey, who it recommended, recommended to us the busting loose of the money game. And we were on acid in a park in Ottawa in June 2020, and she was asking, and I was telling her about the travel plans that we had, and she said, "Well, what are you, what are you trying to do? What do you want to do after?" And I was like, "I don't know. Fuck off." <laughs> in a very amiable, nice yeah, way, yeah. and it's just like, Jeez. I don't know the answer, and that, and that's okay. And I think so many of us, we have no clue what we really want. We have this obligation of what we think we should be doing, and this is through family pressures. This is through maybe a girlfriend or boyfriend that you have that you feel, yeah, you need you feel like you need to do something, or you started as an accountant and I need to continue going that route. I need to go to the next level as an accountant and be a manager and so on. And it's 
And there is this real palpable, maybe not even conscious, but subconscious, I need to do these certain things. I need to it's, do this and this. It's that need for certainty that yes. keeps the ego alive. Yeah. yeah. It keeps that false reality. I know I'm right. Yeah, I know I'm right. Because my identity is based on it. And then once you realize, like, anything that you think you have to be doing, even the good, not only the bad, but the good as well, any of it, you don't have to do it. And once you realize you don't have to do anything, you can actually do anything you want. That's right. Uh, speaking of doing anything, yep. just to shift gears, one of the things that I thought was a very interesting moment in my life, especially between you know knowing you, Mosin, back to the reason why we're doing this podcast is Mosin's here, is um, I was at a Speaker Slam event. Speaker Slam is Canada's largest inspirational speaking contest. And I had my Speaker Slam shirt on because I was volunteering and helping out and uh, yeah. doing a Facebook Live for them. And I saw this really cute girl in the audience and she was sitting there <laughs> and she was a, there was a seat beside her that was alone. And I thought to myself, wow, like if I wasn't volunteering right now and I didn't have a job to do, like I would probably go sit beside this girl. What's easy uh, to do is easy not to do. <laughs> yeah, 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 fair enough. Uh, Jim Rohn, what's, uh, what's easy to do is, is simple but not easy. And, uh, and so I, I leave because I'm volunteering. Uh, and the next time I came around to that same spot, there was a dude sitting in that seat. And it was Mosin Chima, bro. Mason, bro. It's Mason. And last um, seat available in the house, man. And the reason I bring it up is because, like, again, like, you don't need to do anything. But you saw a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. And she was at an event about, like, inspiration and personal development. So, like, there was a lot of values that obviously aligned. Right. And I know her now, so I know No how. risk, no reward. That so, was that was the theme. That's what I'm wondering is like what in what like yo because like it's so easy to not go say hi. Yo, to you popped her right into your hologram. <laughs> <laughs> we, hey, we popped each other into yeah, we did. No, of course yeah. we did. We talked about that too. Once yeah. you realize it couldn't have happened any other way other than it did. Yeah, if fate doesn't make you laugh, you didn't get the joke. So I'm just wondering, um, you know, for for anybody that's that's listening, wondering like how do I take steps like that? Where this is a girl that you've been dating how long now? We're, we hit 26 months, like, t yesterday. Jeez. 26 months. 26 yeah. months. And you yeah. saw her at this inspirational speaking contest. There was an open seat beside her. And then what did you say to yourself in that moment? Like, Dude, it was a, such a... So, so it was a crazy story, too, because I didn't come to that thing on time. I came late. Mm. I went to the gym. Thank God. And then I came after work and stuff. And went, yeah. Thank and, then, and then I got there, and there's no available seats there are people standing because there's no seats, and but except for one, and it's right her, and it's beside hers, and and I ask her, hey, can I sit here? She had her purse on it and stuff, and she's like, yeah, okay, and we found out later after talking and stuff, the reason why she was saving that seat was because she was supposed to be here with somebody else, no way, who ended up being late, idiot, and the reason why she kept that that purse on the seat is because there was some creepy old man behind her. Who she was trying to keep away, and 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 so she saw me and she's like, all right, not a creepy old man, not you know whatever. <laughs> Fuck it, my friend's not coming, so I'll I'll uh, I'll uh, give this guy the seat. And and I remember too her her saying like, oh fuck, this guy's short, uh, and I don't know if he's gonna try to talk to me and blah blah blah. And uh, but the first speech comes up and the whole theme is no risk, no reward. Oh, so I'm like in that mindset, right? Wow. I'm like, man, I gotta I gotta That's take the beautiful. risk. I gotta take the risk. That's I gotta, poetic. I gotta ask her. And the guy, the first guy who had spoken, his his he said something he said something about like, hey, uh, what's the theme? Or, sorry. Yeah, he's like, he's like, hey, what's the 
or sorry, no, hey, what's in your baggage? His speech was about what's in your baggage. And after he was done, I basically asked her, hey, what's in your baggage? And then we basically... No, wait, so, whoa, so your opener was based off of what you just heard? Yes. And you said, what's your baggage? What's in your baggage? Yeah, what's in your baggage? Hi. <laughs> what's your baggage? Uh, exactly, and then we got into this super deep conversation, and we basically got to know each other on a very deep level immediately. And uh, that was really cool. Like, yeah. I have never had that kind of connection or that kind of conversation with someone instantly. Small talk versus yeah. like, okay, tell me about your deepest, deepest, darkest exactly. secrets. I told her all about my like accounting bullshit, and she told me all about her health stuff and her business, and we just connected. And we hit it off, and 26 months later, we're here. What's your favorite thing about Christina? Oh, man. There's so many. I was going to say, she's a great girl. There's so many, man. She's really inspiring, man. That's, that's one of the things... Man, like, she can be so independent. She can do her own thing. She's, like, fair and, like, just, like, admirable. And, like, I didn't think I'd, I, I, not necessarily, like, I don't mean to say this in, like, an ego way, but just to meet, like, a genuinely smart girl that's out there doing her own thing is, like, amazing. I love it. I yeah. absolutely love it. One thing that, that, like, I see in her that really inspires me is that, uh, there's a lot of conversations, maybe this is the wrong time to get into this, but I'm gonna go for it. There's a, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of conversations happening about privilege right now. And, um, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a white dude that's heterosexual and I'm traveling the world. And so a lot of people would look at that and say, wow, that guy's got a lot of privilege. And when I see Christina, and I see someone that has like, like genuine challenges, can you describe the condition that she has? Oh man. So yes, so she has endometriosis, which is the lining similar to the lining of the uterus grows on different parts of your body. She wouldn't want me to say this, but to someone who has no idea what the fuck that is, it's basically like a cancer. Not cancer, not cancer, just to be clear, but it's like a cancer in the sense that something that should, be, should not be growing in parts of your body is growing in parts of your body. And by parts of your body, I mean different organs in your body and it is causing you extreme amounts of pain for a woman, time of your month especially. And it causes lots of bleeding, extreme amounts of pain, and she's gone through a whole host of issues associated with it, like kidney problems. She's been through like 20 kidney infections over like the past two, three years. And uh, yeah, it's extremely painful. Like, I've watched documentaries about endometriosis yeah. now, and just to know about it, it's yeah. like affects one in ten yeah, women, which is actually a lot. Yeah, that is. Um, and uh, like the pain, the level of pain is described as worse than the level of uh, pain of childbirth. Wow, that is fucking bad, man. Yeah, that's fucking bad. Imagine just being kicked in the nuts, and that's literally <laughs> how she, she describes it to me, right? Like just imagine yeah, being yeah. kicked in the nuts constantly. And so to get over that is a lot, and she does a lot for our relationship, and like to to push herself because she knows I want to go out and be adventurous and go on trips and things like that. That's really so cool even even when she's just... not well, she's like, no, let's fucking do it. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to be one of those other girls that have endometriosis and sit, sit at home and do nothing. You know what I mean? And just call themselves like, yo, like I can't do it. Like she pushes through the pain and she makes it work. That's the reason I brought it up is because another person that really inspires me is my mom. She has a lot of health challenges. She has lupus, which is basically no immune system. And so, in terms of uh, someone that, that reminds me of Christina, in terms of just like the, the level of um, resilience. Dude, the not giving up in her, 
just inspires me so much. There's like all the odds stacked against you. That's what I'm saying. There's like you not giving up and like you fighting through it and be like, no, I'm going to solve this insanely complex problem that doctors cannot solve for me, that doctors have bullshitted me, these doctors who you hold in high regard, you know what I mean, to solve all your problems. Like, thank God I've never had any serious health issues, you know what I mean? Yeah. Never have to experience anything like that. So to see someone who, you know, doctors say, oh, you're, you don't even know what it is. You know, you're, oh, you're just being lazy. Or like, oh, you're, it's all in your head. Like literally doctors have told her that. And now through the recent trip that we took to London, um, which she found that doctor by herself. And you were there for, one of for the a surgery. For top her, surgeons in the world. Yeah, I went with her and her mom came later too. And you, within the first week, thank you, man. She's, she's a great woman. And uh, within the first week, they had the technology and the equipment there and the expertise there like scan, to be able to scan her see what's going and to be able to tell her, hey, you have yeah, severe level four, challenges. stage four endometriosis, which is the highest stage, which is basically gluing your fucking organs together, which is causing you all this pain. Yeah. Imagine if your organs didn't work properly and they were glued together, man, that is extremely painful. And now I finally understand it, and she finally understands. And that was the first time in 15 years. 15 years of going through that kind of pain that she, she finally, through. finally got from somebody to like, that she actually understood what was going on and a real diagnosis instead of a doctor telling her, oh, it's just in your head or you're lazy. Imagine that kind of bullshit yeah. too, a doctor telling you, yo, you're just lazy. That's Especially why when you're feeling why you're pain okay. too. So in terms of that, I mean, that must be quite the yeah. perspective gainer when you're, uh, you know, hearing someone so close to you being in perpetual pain and you contrast that to... I don't know, maybe you're not feeling fulfilled yeah. in what you're doing sure. or some sort of yeah. arbitrary, existential, self-actualization ideal. Let me talk about fulfillment for a second then. Do it, go for it. And then I'll bring it back to why I brought it up. Yeah, fulfillment is right around the corner, man. Fulfillment is all... Buddy, it's not around the corner, it's right now. It's, 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 it's right there, it's right there in front of you. Ever, anybody who's searching for purpose, buddy, it's right there in front of you. You are refusing to accept the responsibility of it. That's why you don't because you don't want it, because it's too hard, because it's this, or because it's that. Sure. But trust me, responsibility and fulfillment, it's all right there in front of and you. And don't worry, that's Now, you content. get to choose. You get to choose what flavor of fulfillment and responsibility you want. But don't tell me it's not there. The responsibility is there. Take care of your family. That's responsibility. Take oh. care of your girlfriend. Oh. Take care of your own physical health, mental health, whatever. It's that All of that fulfillment is right there. Yeah, we're, we're, you don't need to find it in a job. Yeah. Trust me. We're in Playa del Carmen right now, and as we came in via a bus on the highway, right at the stop where there's a light, there's some locals here that came out dressed in like, like I guess traditional Mexican tribal type paint, and they're like dancing around yeah. in front and smiling and laughing and everything to do that for for tips, and like they're they're fulfilled sure. in terms of that that process. And there's, there's a, there's a million plus ways to, to cook an egg, so. Exactly, man, you just have to accept it. It's all around you, always. You just literally have to say yes to it. Here's why I brought it up. I brought it up because uh, I mentioned privilege at the beginning, but I, the reason I brought it up is because of mindset. And like, there is always someone who will be from a traditional or from a, um, Alan Watts describes it as a conventional perspective better off than you are. Yeah. But there will always be someone from a traditional or conventional perspective that is worse off than you. Yeah. And uh, and the reason I brought it up is because it's a mindset where you decide that no matter what hand you're dealt, and that's why I admire Christina so much, is no matter what hand you're dealt, 
you're gonna do what you can with the hand you're dealt. Um, someone messaged me last night saying, don't you think it's a little bit, um, you know, I don't know, what's the word? word? Inconsiderate? In, yeah, inconsiderate that we're posting videos and pictures of During having a pandemic. fun. Of having fun. During a pandemic. Being a pandemic. And I said, people are going to see that and they're going to decide for themselves. Yeah, and here, here's here's the thing with that. To, like, I'll totally fill us in. To, to cue it up, it's like people, basically the point of the person who messaged in was, we're posting videos and photos or whatever of us having fun during a global pandemic and that somebody who might be suffering from that pandemic might see us having fun and contrast that to themselves and feel negative as a result. But here's the thing. Every single second since you've been born and since the beginning of humanity, virtually, there has been people in slavery, there's been genocides going on and wars and suffering and people that have been in prison that were for false things. And that, that has been going on forever. So to, to say that because a pandemic's going on that you can't highlight any type of fun makes no sense at all. Because right. things are, that are horrible right. are always going on. And, and this is something that I, I've wrote about and thought about in, in a lot because I remember there was a particular day last year where I was having a I was having a lot of fun, and then I walked by and I saw some like homeless person on the street that was clearly addicted to drugs and having uh, a horrible experience suffering. and suffering. But and what, what I wrote about that is, if you are waiting for all the suffering to be gone in the world before you're gonna be happy, then you're gonna be waiting forever. Because suffering is gonna exist forever. So Alan Watts equated to this where he talked about if you want to impart delight on the world and humanity and people, then you need to be more or less de delightful. You're not gonna wait until everything is, all the problems are solved before you're happy because then it's not gonna happen. And you can probably think of that to some point in your life where there was something that you really wanted, whether it was a job promotion or you wanted to find a spouse or you wanted to go on a vacation with your friends or you wanted to pay off your student debt, something along those lines. And you basically were in this state of anxiety and not intention and not enjoying suffering. And you said, I will wait until <laughs> this arbitrary metric, the student debt, the spouse, the promotion, when it's, as, when it's accomplished. And then you achieved that thing and you had that initial rush of yeah, sure a couple good. hours, minutes, maybe a day, maybe sure. even a week or a month if you're lucky. And then after that, you revert right back to the state that you were in prior to that. When the next thing <laughs> And you realize that that feeling that you're trying to acquiesce, that feeling that you're trying to get rid of, has nothing to do with anything external going on in your life. And that once you, uh, I, I listened to a book called The Untethered Soul. Mm. I think it's Michael Singer. And he talks about- said she loved it. Amazing. Ryan DeWinter loved it. It's, ama it's an amazing book. And it basically said, having unconditional happiness. Because if you're looking for something in your life to, if you're looking for something in your life, a reason as to not be happy, you're gonna find it. There's a million reasons. There's a million causes going on right now. There's a million, there's an infinite amount of injustices going on within humanity and the earth and the world that you can put part of your purview if you so choose. And it's not that you sh those aren't noble things to try and better, but waiting for all the suffering in the world to be gone before you enjoy yourself makes no sense because 
it's like, It'll never it, first off, it's never going to happen. <laughs> so, I mean, if you want to resign to that, It'll never be ever. <laughs> and it's, it's like, if there's, if there's darkness everywhere, then are you going to wait till all the darkness is gone before you bring the light? Or are you going to be the light? Are you going to be, it's like if you have a, a candle with a flame and oftentimes, you know, we get very selfish and we don't want to help others and our friends. And the, and if we have something good that we get selfish about it, but it's, if you equate it to having like a candle with a flame, then you can light the other candles and create the more flames. And it doesn't take away from the initial flame that you have. So it's not that by having a flame, AKA enjoying, savoring the moment, joy, happiness, sometimes there's this guilt associated to having that in contrast to all the negative things. But when you realize that you can actually be the source and the contagious spread of that positive feeling, then you can lean into that feeling without guilt because when you see someone that's happy and you know we're in uh, more of a maybe not a first world country mexico isn't quite third world but it's maybe not perhaps so first world in, in all the ways and you can see someone doing a job that perhaps that you wouldn't necessarily want to do but there's some people that are miserable but there's some people doing that thing that you wouldn't necessarily want to do and they're happy and they're smiling and that spreads to you and when you are more, when you're happy and delightful and you're joyful and you're excited about what you're doing, that you're going to, you're going to, someone else is going to see that within you and within, from you, they're going to see a reflection of themselves. And that's going to encourage and inspire them to be the best version of their self or to go do the thing that they want to do. And I know Jonathan mentioned it before, you know, he, he met someone who their brother was really into cooking. And they put all their Instagram posts were about Internet. cooking and all these amazing meals and all these kind of things. And to think that the only way that a person who's really excited about cooking can only inspire someone else who is really into cooking is just not true. Because when I see someone that's really excited about cooking, maybe I don't want to be a cook, but that inspires me to be excited my about what I'm inspired by. I'm yeah, uh, uh, un, un momento, mi hombre habla muy elegante. That's why we bring you on the show, because he's so poetic Thanks, good in that you. sense. And um, that, that just like says better than I ever could, that no matter what you're experiencing, whether it's my mom going through lupus, or if it's you know Christina going through endometriosis, like you can always choose to get the, the most out of life. You can always choose to be present and to just squeeze as much of juice as possible. You can always chill with the amigos. It's like having this unattainable ideal of what it means to be successful. And I think it was earlier this summer, a co-worker, Cole and I, he, he had moved out of Toronto based on the pandemic and went to move it home. And then he came up down for a weekend and then we went out and we had, we had some drinks with a group of friends and we drinks. went back to the hotel and we were just smoking some weed. <laughs> And then we ordered Popeye's chicken. We ordered Popeye's chicken. And we had, all we had been doing is talking for basically a couple hours. 
and then we smoked some weed, we ordered some Popeye's chicken, and it was probably like a good 10 to 20 minutes where we didn't talk, <laughs> and we were just, just in, music. we were just, just listening music. to music and eating Popeye's chicken, <laughs> and then Shut we up. literally <laughs> looked at it, and we just started like laughing, and we were like, what is it you're striving after? What is Spicy this? Spicy mayo. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing that could have improved the yeah. situation, but what are you, like, what are you striving after? Like, some sort of... A uh, number on a, a checkbook in your banking account, or like some external metric. Like you, there's so many, there's so much joy to be had within your current environment, and it's not that you can't try and improve upon the situation that you're in, but not to have it the present moment contrasted by some un unattainable future, and realizing that you can be happy now, and that is the best way for you to be happy later. A good old quote is, if you can't be happy in this moment right now, if you can't enjoy this moment right now, then you will never enjoy that moment then. Before we put a pin in this show, because that's a lot for people to digest, I don't even know what we talked about. <laughs> I don't know what we talked about. Um, Mosin, before you know, we, we spend the next week together, before we hang out in the loom, before we go surfing, before we go party tonight, because oh we're going to live it up. Is there anything else that you've gotten from this year, from whether it's the pandemic, from all the decisions you've made, from any of the books, anything you've gotten that you want to just share with our listeners, just put a pin on this episode, or yeah. a reminder for yourself? Yeah, man. Don't, don't do things because you think you're supposed to do them. That's really it. Don't do things just because you're supposed to do them. Listen to yourself. Listen to your feelings, listen to your emotions, and try to consider what feels natural. Listen to the whispers of your mind. And do not distract yourself with things that you know are distracting you from the truth, as in drugs, overeating, going out with friends, this is this is not a distraction right now. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a celebration. Is, no, this would be a celebration. celebration. This would be uh, Alan Watts. There's yeah. when it's you know don't don't run away from it. You know what I mean? Don't run away from the truth, and because you do know it, you know it in your heart, man. And uh, it's okay. You're it's okay to disappoint some people, but just don't constantly disappoint yourself for extended periods of time. Jesus, like don't do that. And uh, yeah. Just listen to yourself and, and, and live your life as if like you were free to live it because you are, because you truly are. And uh, don't put yourself in situations where you think you're stuck because you're not. There's one thing I've learned from you, man. It's that to recognize when the juice is no longer worth the squeeze, stop squeezing. You move on, you let it go. And you, re like you said, recognize it for what it was, which was a beautiful part of your journey. And I don't then, want to use that analogy. Sorry, I want to let you finish. I have more to say. So there's, we're squeezing the juice, right? So there's this fruit, right? You're squeezing it for the juice. So you've got this opportunity. For example, you've, it's got, a grapefruit. you've got an orange or a grapefruit. And you're squeezing this juice. And for a time, that juice free flows freely and you're making the juice and it's all good. You don't have to wait till the very, very, very last drop is done. And you don't have to wait trying to squeeze more out of when it's already done. In fact, there is an apple, uh, sugar cane, and whatever else, an yeah. infinite number of fruits and an infinite number of opportunities for you to squeeze the juice from. 
the juice from those opportunities is going to squeeze so nicely and so freely. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to get stuck on this one one thing thinking that there is no other all there, is. there is no other fruit to squeeze. There is no other juice it's to squeeze. Fruit. There's other juice to squeeze. So feel free to move on and drink and squeeze some other juice. I agree. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that, baby. Yeah, it's been a fun. Close it off with the. Yeah, we will close it off. It's good, man. To close it off as we'll start close off, my friend, my friend, until the end. Until the end, baby. It's vacation, baby. No, it's Mexico, Mexico, 2020.